Fantasy Focus Football. It is Monday, September 18th. Today's yeah, show is presented by Geico. Switch to Geico. I'll see all the ways that you could save. Also, check out our friends over at Trophy Smack. If you want to get a belt for your fantasy league, use the code FOCUSBELT for 10% off. I am here. My name is Daniel Top with Mike Clay and Field Jades. Recapping week two, guys. And did you know that if you enter the promo code PUKA at TrophySmack.com, <laughs> you get 100% off because you're guaranteed to win your fantasy football championship. That's how it works. That's right. Uh, I we all predicted this, right? I mean, yes. just nailed preseason expectations on Puka Nakua. Well, people do recall both the second after the draft was over. We talked about this extensively, and then during the the mm-hmm. quiet period after the draft, after OTAs, leading into like you know late July, we also talked about Puka Nakua on every yes. show, and every then show. we talked about it every day during the preseason as well. Mm-hmm. So you could say that maybe we gave it. Just the right amount of attention, or perhaps not enough, because he's the best player in fantasy football. Yeah, apparently. you remember when Carolina made that trade with Chicago to move up to the first overall pick? We were like, "Oh, it's for Puka That's Nakua." For Puka. We, right. we just assume they didn't go that direction. But look, we can't all be perfect GMs, <laughs> you know. We we were on it; no one else was. But hey, That's right. look, hopefully, you have him on your roster. We got a really big show today—a full recap of all the games from Sunday for Week Two. Plus, we're going to dive into a bunch of injuries that happened a little bit later on in the show. But first. Guys, lo- ba- bad, bad injury day. We'll dive yeah, into all of that because it was a bad injury day for some notable superstars. Let's talk about really quickly. What, are, what was your favorite thing that just happened this week on Sunday? Do you have one thing that favorite stood out? thing that happened on Sunday? This stood out. I mean, uh, I was trying to think. Uh, I thought that was going to be a way for you to talk about something with the Lions. Unfortunately, they lost the game in overtime. So uh, oh, I was going to say the Lions. If you guys could wait wow. for a second, I'm just trying to talk to America right now. If you just wait. That was what it was. All right, okay. there we go. I see what you were trying to <laughs> say. You know, Samantha, that, that was hilarious. Great. That was, that really was good. What very about? funny. Either that or it was Bill Belichick spiking the challenge flag right in front of the referee. Actually, both coaches were on one last night. So Belichick had the the, the red flag spike, which is just like every single time he does so. it. Like it would have been fine if it was once. <laughs> and then now he just like took it and threw it on the field like every other coach. And then Mike McDaniel at halftime. Did oh, you see that was this? so good. So Mike McDaniel is always <laughs> yeah. the case. You know, you've got a cameraman following the coach into the locker room. The cameraman starts to jog as Mike McDaniel is jogging. And all of a sudden, McDaniel, with a look right in the eyes of the uh-huh. cameraman, just zips ahead and starts sprinting. <laughs> McDaniel, by the way, a former college receiver at Yale. So he's got some wheels, too. But those two are both very funny mm-hmm. in very different ways. Yes. Very, different well. ways. very exactly. different ways. All right. We got a lot to get into. So we're just going to jump right into our recap. And honestly, we already started with it. Puka Nakua has been absolutely unreal. To be honest, these Rams had two guys you picked up off of waivers, and they absolutely crushed it for you this week field in Puka Nakua and Kyron Williams. I'm not sure it's going to get much better for either of these it two might guys. Be four guys off waivers because yeah, it could be Stafford, Atwell, yes. yes. Nakua, yes. Kyron Williams. I mean, <laughs> this is the story of fantasy football right now. Puka Nakua by himself, to me, is the singular story that leads the way in fantasy football no in the early portion of this season. Yeah. Obviously, we did not talk about Puka Nakua nearly enough during the offseason. He has been absolutely unbelievable. I'm not sure who could have seen this coming, though, other than perhaps the Rams themselves. And yet, I don't even think they would have guessed that this was the likely outcome for Puka Nakua. No. When they lost Cooper Cup, we asked the question, how can the Rams offset the loss of Cooper Cup? And we were thinking to ourselves, if they can find one receiver who's mm-hmm. like solid during Cooper Cup's absence, they'd be in business. Instead, they literally found Cooper Cup. Yep. I mean, it is absolutely absurd what Puka Nakua has done. We are at the point now. He's got 35 targets in two games. 
35 targets. He had 15 in week one, and we were like, well, it's all downhill from here. Until he got 20 seven days later. The efficiency is off the charts as well as he had 15 catches yesterday. By the way, they two played a rushing attempts team too, right? They were they played a really yeah, easy defense. Yeah, they played basically the 85 Bears, the 49ers. <laughs> the 49ers. So, like, this is absolutely unbelievable. We were having this conversation partially in jest, but partially in not before the show. If you were in a 16 team league, especially one where half the teams make the playoffs, which is how a couple of 16 team leagues that I play in, they are set up. It's possible that being the lowest scorer in week one could end up being a silver lining for you because while you took the L in week one, you have added a player that for at least four weeks, I guess three weeks because you didn't have him in week one, is potentially a top 10 wide receiver Mm -hmm. until Cooper Cup returns. We can talk about what happens when Cooper Cup returns at a later Mm -hmm. time, Mm -hmm. Mike, but this guy's the real deal. Yeah, I'm with you. I was just thinking, you're right. How do we not rank him top 10 this week? Yeah, we have to. You have I mean, to. He you have to. 40% target 49ers. Like. Yeah, 40% target share. Now, I think the the modern era record is like 39%. Brandon Marshall, like he's not going to stay at that level. Also, the Rams are first in offensive snap, so that's going to come down a little bit, but it doesn't matter. Even if he has a 25% target share, it's a guy that can be a wide receiver one. Right now, there are two players, quarterbacks, including quarterbacks, two players with 50-plus fantasy points this season. Yep. One is Tyreek Hill. The other is Puka Nakua, and Nakua has zero touchdowns. He's yes. doing it without That's touchdowns. Yes. And Tyree Kill obviously is great, but the difference between Puka Nakua's 50-plus points and Tyree Kill's 50-plus points is that Tyree Kill had 44 and a half of them in week then one. Yeah. He, he he had a, a, a terrible, awful week two with only 15 fantasy points. <laughs> yeah. Did Tyree Kill. Bill Belichick factor. Uh, but it's, it's just the story of fantasy football. I know that... I would have loved if I had been talking about Puka Nakua all offseason and been hyping him up and looked like the biggest genius in the world right now. At the same time, this to me is what keeps me coming back for more in fantasy football. I draw the parallel to the NCAA tournament every year, right? This is the 15 seed that all of a sudden is playing in the Sweet 16, and you're like, how on earth did that mm-hmm. just happen? Yeah. That's Puka Nakua. It's amazing. If you got him off waiver wires in week one in a fab system and you spent 85% of your fab on Puka Nakua, that might have been 15% too little. It yeah. might have been a discount by 15%. And there are also them leagues too, like keeper leagues or dynasty where you had them had this guy in the end of your bench. This could be a, a game changer for the next half decade or yep. decade, especially if you're in a keeper league where you kind of like next year you move up two rounds based on where you took him. So if you took him in the 16th round, you get him for a 14th next year, 12th next year. 10th, 10th of the year after I mean, that. It's like Justin Jefferson was kind of like that uh, a few years ago. So who knows? I mean, he's a fifth round pick. He's not a sure thing sure. to be a star. And Cooper Cup's role will obviously influence his output when he gets back. I'm interested to but, see how that works out yeah. because we saw both Cooper Cup and Robert Woods have fantasy value in this offense not that long ago, it seems like. Yeah, yeah I so, mean, they're playing well. They have Sean McVay. Matthew Stafford looks good. I mean, by all accounts, they could support two receivers. And yeah. Kyron Williams looks fantastic at the running back position. Cam Akers, a healthy scratch yesterday. Uh, and I think his days are done in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to, like, I hate being the toot-your-own-horn guy in fantasy football. There's way too much of it. Like, our job is to try to get things right. We do it as much as we can. I don't need to tell you what I got right and got wrong all the time. We miss plenty of things. We hopefully hit on plenty of things. But I had serious concerns about K-Makers coming into the season because basically you were drafting a player who had the down the stretch last season, hit like peak efficiency as a runner with minimal usage as a receiver, and he was being drafted as like a top 24-ish running back this year. He's out of the rotation by week two. This is a player who was in the doghouse last year. His days are done. And Kyron Williams, he was playing way more snaps in week one when it mattered, Mike. He played way more snaps yesterday because obviously uh, Cam Akers was out. Mm-hmm. But 
it's not like anybody got any work besides Kyron Williams. He might be a rare workhorse back. Yeah, 78 snaps for this offense wow. in, in week two. He played 75 of them. That wow. is a massive number. Massive. Running backs do not play 70, even 60, even 50 snaps. It's, right. it's unheard of. Unless you're Christian McCaffrey. And even, and I mean, Williams. yesterday he played all their snaps, but they were under 60 snaps yesterday. So yeah. it's just rare to play that number of snaps. They just didn't trust Ronnie Rivers or Royce Freeman in this game. Uh, he's been a top 10 scorer in both weeks one and week two. He's the number two overall scoring running back this season. Not a lot of rushing production, exactly 52 yards in both games, but he has the four touchdowns. He's getting the goal line work and a big uh, a big boost in receiving work in week yes. two. 10 targets. Kyron Williams, again, much like Nakua, how do we not rank him top 10 in week two, week three? I, uh, I don't know I mean, how we don't. I don't be, know how we yeah, don't with this right, usage. Right yeah. around there, especially because there are a couple of like fringy top 10 backs coming into the season oh, who yeah. are either hurt, like Aaron mm-hmm. Jones, we'll see if he plays, or guys that haven't necessarily like hit their stride, like Ramondre Stevens, who's been fine, but not spectacular. Like Kyron Williams has been the real freaking deal. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's talk about these Buffalo bills. Josh Allen bounced back in a major way, which is what we were expecting for fantasy managers. Yeah. Like this is who Josh Allen is, right? Mm-hmm. That's not really the conversation here. I just thought it was such a ridiculous week of narrative surrounding Josh it, Allen it and the bills. Like, I don't know why they're such an easy target other than the fact that they play like crap in the playoffs last year. I get it. It was one terrible game, but like think about his prior playoff losses. The one the year before when he played a perfect game against the chiefs and lost because Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes are built. They were literally built in a lab on a different planet, by the way, but a, just a reminder, just how absurdly good Josh Allen is and why I still think he has as much upside as any quarterback in fantasy every single week. He scored what he did yesterday. I think he's quarterback six right now. Yes, he is a 23.7 fantasy points. With two rushing attempts. Yep. Mm -hmm. So he did this without the use of his legs, in part because, Mike, they finally committed to our guy, James Cook. Yeah, they absolutely did. And uh, he's up to eighth in fantasy points at running back this season with zero touchdowns. So it's been all about his production, his efficiency. And there were actually some concerns early in this game because he was deferring work to Latavius Murray and Damian Harris. I didn't love that. By the way, both scored touchdowns. Uh, James Cook is not this season. That could limit Cook's upside. But... He played well, 29 carries and 10 targets this season, had 159 yards from scrimmage, still played 58% of the snap. So if you took a shot on James Cook, who we probably undervalued a little bit throughout draft season, he started to move our way up our rankings late in the offseason as he established himself as the one. Looks like it's going to pay off. I'd say worst case scenario, RB2 going forward. If we knew that he was going to get this kind of workload, though, I feel like he would have been up our draft boards a little bit higher. Part of that is the passing mm-hmm. game usage because we hadn't seen a Buffalo Bills yeah. running back at the passing game usage we wanted. He did steadily climb, though. He did. He, he did. definitely he did. steadily climbed. Yeah. He did. And concerns about goal line work are playing themselves out. Yeah. Latavius yep. Murray and, and Damian Harris have stolen some of that work. Guys, Anthony Richardson looked unreal yesterday. Before could be the story the of fantasy. Seriously, yeah. could be, unfortunately. If not for Puka Nakua. Seriously. <laughs> without that, I'm not sure. Is Anthony Richardson the second best rookie in the game right now because Puka's number one? Uh, yes. Uh, Bijan's there. Bijan. Oh, yeah, I, I forgot about Bijan yeah. Robinson. We could do a whole thing on Bijan today. Anthony yeah. Richardson, though, looked fantastic. Unfortunately, left with a concussion, which you don't love. But even before doing that, guys. Yeah. He had 17.7 fantasy points, three carries, 35 yards, two touchdowns. Ridiculous. And by the way, one of the touchdown runs was a designed quarterback draw. You love to see that. That's the second time he scored in a designed design quarterback play. draw. Yep. Second one was a scramble, which is where he ended up getting hurt on. He uh, ran into the end zone, was getting tackled as he goes into the end zone. Back of the head ricochets off the ground. He ends up of obviously now in the concussion protocol. Uh, Jim Mercer said he was clear headed after their clear headed after the game. I'm not going to put a timeline on this one, but if Anthony Richardson is back or when he's back, we have ourselves a player 
that might be a top 10 fantasy option because this quarterback rushing ceiling is so ridiculous, Mike, and the floor is so high. I am not going there yet myself. But this is funny. I I think I said this on the podcast recently. I've got Anthony Richardson on three teams, and he sits behind in those leagues. I, I misspoke the last time. Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and then I've got a salary cap league where I've got him. He does not sit behind, but I've got him and Jared Goff and Kenny Pickett on very, very, very small contracts. Yesterday, I'm sitting there thinking to myself, did I make the mistake starting Patrick Mahomes over Anthony Richardson? Mm -hmm. More importantly, though, is that if you took Anthony Richardson as your only quarterback, that's already paid off, Mike. Mm -hmm. If you took him as a second quarterback, you may have yourselves potentially the most valuable trade chip in fantasy. right? Yeah, and what's unreal is he's already uh, delivering as a QB one. He missed the end of week one. Yep. He could have added another. They were at the goal line when he went out. He could have scored another touchdown and he missed two thirds. Of week two. Yeah. So think about where he could easily be the number one scoring quarterback right now had he stayed healthy. The health is a little concerned. Totally. He's been hurt in both games. He's going to run a lot. That is a, a That bothers me a little bit. But the fact is when he's been on the field, not only is he just uh, doing damage as a rusher, which we expected, they're throwing the ball. They're one of the, I think they're eighth pass heaviest so far in terms of game script adjusted passing. So uh, if he keeps throwing the ball, keeps scrambling, keeps running, keeps scoring touchdowns, the guy's going to be a, a strong QB one all season long. Mike, we faded Colts running backs in week one, or hopefully we faded Colts running backs in week one. But here in week two, Zach Moss looked like the mm-hmm. real deal. Is he someone that you think that we should be looking at as a potential flex player or someone in our fantasy lineups going forward? Again, sometimes you just have to chase the usage and volume. He played 55 of their 56 offensive snaps. They don't, they don't want lot. what? 55, 55 snaps, 98%, 18 carries, four targets. Actually, the targets was second most on the entire team. It wasn't a big high volume game uh, and played well. He had over 100 yards on 22 touches and a touchdown in the game. I think they're just going to run him into the ground for the next couple of weeks until Taylor is back. Yeah. Available on waivers, by the way, too. And I I got like, there are people that were adding him last week. I thought, you know, wisely so. And it was one of those where when you're adding Zach Moss off of waivers, like it's not like we're telling you this is a player that you're adding and he's going to immediately change the complexion of your team. Rather, it's how often do you have a guy who's probably going to be the starting running back until Jonathan Taylor returns available in like 80% of leagues mm-hmm. after week one? I get it. He hadn't played, but still like why not roll the dice there? That week to roll the dice certainly paid off now available in 68% of ESPN fantasy yeah. leagues. Yeah. Yeah. That number was way higher after uh, the beginning of last week. It certainly was. was. All right. We're going to keep on going down with our week two recap, but first field Jace, we're going to pay some bills. Yeah, we are Daniel, because you know why Geico asked, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Oh, I, I would that. love it. Of course you guys would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV, even help with homeowners or renters covered. Plus, at an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, uh, and more. And Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact our local agent today. We're back with another week of football, and DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping us in on the NFL action with great offers every single game day. New customers can bet $5 and get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Throw five down on any of this week's epic matchups to walk away an instant winner. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. Football is more fun when you're in on the action, so download the app now and sign up with code FFF. New customers can bet just $5 to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, with code FFF. 
The crown is yours. Have you ever dreamed of hitting the gambling road? problem field? My bad. Keep That's going, right. Daniel. Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit 100gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. Licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles in Louisiana. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See sportsbook.com. Sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility terms and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Go field. All right. Your turn. Have you ever dreamed of hitting the road in your very own customized Mercedes-Benz Sprinter? I have, yes. yes. Yeah, following the college football season all along, hitting all the biggest games in college's most celebrated stadiums? Of course you have. At ESPN, we dream that dream. And with the help of Mercedes-Benz, we made it happen. This year, our very own Jen Lada has teamed with Mercedes-Benz designers to create a road-ready, fully functional, state-of-the-art podcast studio on wheels. The ride is pure Mercedes-Benz with all-wheel drive and the latest driver assistance safety and tech. The podcast studio must be seen and heard to be believed. A spacious and chill conversation space with mics, camera, and a mixing board to capture the action. On board, Jen Lada will be interviewing some of the biggest names in college football and points to Mercedes-Benz for always bringing some extra. Out back of this sprinter, they're innovating, pushing the science of the tailgate, complete with grill, cooler, TV monitors, and more. This sounds amazing. Sounds mm. This is hashtag van life meets the fan life. To get an inside look how this one-of-a-kind, blow-your-mind collaboration came together, visit mbvans.com slash sprinterlabs. The Mercedes-Benz ESPN College Football Podcast Sprinter coming soon to a game near you. All right, back here on Fantasy Focus, recapping week two, Field Jates, Mike Clay, and Daniel Doppin. Guys, the Milwaukee Bucks are two Milwaukee Bucks. The Tampa what? Bay Buccaneers. Did you sorry, really just wrong say that? You want to know what it is? I looked at Field's green shirt, and it I was thinking Bucks, green. and I yes. was thinking all of a sudden Milwaukee just popped in my head. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are 2-0 and after beating not only Minnesota in week one, but Chicago in week two. Yeah. Mike Evans looks unreal through two weeks, Field. We had this conversation leading into draft season. Could Mike Evans be one of those guys like DK Metcalf was last year? That just keeps falling down that draft board, and there's going to be value for you in your fantasy lineup. I'm telling you right now, it looks like that's coming true. Early return certainly seemed pretty mm-hmm. good, right? Back-to-back weeks with a touchdown for Mike Evans. Back-to-back weeks with six catches for Mike Evans. And he exploded yesterday. He had a 70-yard catch plus a long touchdown. He has looked tremendous so far. And while there were some discouraging signs last year from this Bucks offense on the whole... They just needed Baker Mayfield. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> uh, Mike Evans, upgrade. you know, this is a player who legitimately is a, he's a Hall of Fame player, right? Yes. Like yeah. he will oh, be yeah. in the Hall of Fame one day. And while he's already nine seasons deep into his career, the gas tank is not empty yet for Mike Evans. So yeah, this is looking like one of the best values already in fantasy football. And um, the Bucks have this thing that not a lot of teams in the AFC have. And I'm not trying to discredit them in any way because they have beaten two teams, including the Vikings, which was a formidable team from last year. The schedule is just different for some of these NFC teams, right? Like Mm -hmm. you're not facing, like I was looking at the Jets and Patriots schedules right now, two teams who lost yesterday. And it's like, oh, the Jets, they play each other next week. But then the Jets, it's like, oh, then you go play the Chiefs. The Patriots, I think, go Jets Cowboys over Mm -hmm. the next two weeks. Like it's just hard when you're playing against elite defenses every single week. That's not exactly the case for this Bucks team who uh, they are 2-0. They get props for that. But like, 
Look at the upcoming schedule over and the this next is the few whole weeks. Division. We yeah. talked about this in the yeah. offseason. This yeah. uh, light yeah. schedule for this yeah. division is yeah. not totally. a surprise. Yeah, so it's just a little bit different. Like these next couple weeks will be a good challenge for them. Philadelphia on Monday Night Football next week mm-hmm. will be a good test. Will James Bradbury be there? We don't know. He's been in concussion protocol, obviously. And then this Philly defense has not been nearly mm-hmm. as dominant as it was last season. So still TBD on how tough the schedule is for the Bucks. This could be looking like one of the better values in all fantasy, Mike. Yeah, he's been great. The number 13 scoring receiver in appropriate. week one. It is appropriate. Yes. That's yep. the number, of course. And then he'll finish top 10 in week two, of course. The only thing that caught my eye was he only played 59% of the snaps in week two. But he did play 84% week one. So nothing oh, I'm wonder, really concerned about. Was that because the game got out of hand, do you think? I wonder. Uh, I don't know. It might have been that. I think it was throughout the game, though. He was in and out. So sure. uh, it's nothing you know that what? I'm concerned about right now. So hot yesterday. Uh, yeah. I saw yeah. that. Like Sarah Walsh, who former colleague of ours at ESPN, yep. who was down there covering the game, was like, mm-hmm. I, listen, we're from Florida. It's always hot. She was like, it is atypically hot today down in Tampa. I bet they were being conservative. A little load that management. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Nothing yeah. wrong with that. So yeah. not worried. Yeah, he's looking like a good wide receiver to a worst right now. Yep. What about Rashad White, Mike? He was a little yeah. disappointing for us in week one. Although we got a lot of volume in week one, that volume continued here in week two. Yeah, volume's king. And that's why, you know, we talked about it on FF Now yesterday. I was sticking with him. He, yep. was, in, he was in my DFS lineup because of the volume he was seeing. Uh, played 74% of the snaps, had 17 carries for 73 yards and a touchdown. And that caught all five targets for 30 yards as Love well. That. He's up to 13th in fantasy points this season. He had 19 touches in week one. He had 22 touches in week two. By all accounts, he has locked down that number one job. Maybe that changes at some point if he struggles, but for now, there's no reason to think that's the case. You no. nailed two calls. This, I mean, you nailed a lot of calls this past week, Mike, but you were bullish on both Rashad White and Brian Robinson being in very good spots this week. We'll talk about Robinson later on yes, in the show, but good job by you. As always, trust my clay. Field, I was bullish on Zay Jones this week, so I'm going to let you talk about Christian Kirk while I sit this one. Yeah, so uh, Zay Jones got <laughs> so uh, got hurt, though, right? He I mean, did. What are you going to do? He, he got hurt yeah, early right. in the game. He ended up returning to the game a little bit later, but by the time he returned, it had become the Christian Kirk show, and a little mm-hmm. bit of a reminder here that while Christian Kirk evaporated in week one, he's very talented. I mean, he had a monster season last year and yesterday had a monster week as well. 14 targets, 11 receptions, 110 yards for Christian Kirk. Good for nearly 22 fantasy points. He did have minus four rushing yards here. Um, Maybe it was something like that, but whatever. 21.96 fantasy points uh, for Christian Kirk. I think the question about this is Actually, less about like, all right, I'm, I'm convinced now that Christian Kirk all of a sudden has a role that's fantasy relevant and Zay Jones is not. More on a day in which Calvin Ridley was held to two catches for 32 yards mm-hmm. is the big takeaway that maybe this Jaguars offense is what we wondered it could be during the offseason, which is that it's kind of like San Francisco light. Yes. You've got a lot of really oh, good, good players yeah. that not everybody's going to feast every single week, Mike. So we were talking about this via text yesterday. Yeah. And why did Christian Kirk blow up? Did it have to do with Zay Jones' injury? And yes, Zay Jones only played 64% of the snaps. He he disappeared for a while from the game and then came back. But Kirk, as you pointed out, was established. He ended up uh, having a season high in snaps here, no surprise. But what was interesting to me is I went back to before Zay Jones got hurt. And by the way, Zay Jones did not have a catch. He had two near touchdowns yeah. where they were both close calls. Right. Yep. The snap shares between these three guys, Ridley, Ridley as well, Ridley, Kirk, and Zay was almost equal. In fact, Ridley was coming off the field more than Zay and Christian Kirk early in Weather this game. as well. Seriously. Yes, and then late in the game, a kind of a similar thing. But it would not shock me at all if that continued. Jamal Agnew was worked into this throughout the game. It wasn't just when Zay Jones was out. Throughout the game, he was worked in the fourth receiver. So, yeah, I, I think what you said is exactly right. I think we're going to have a little bit of a boom-bust nature. We saw that last year, and that was without Calvin Ridley handle, handling a 
20 to 27% target share. Right. So uh, I, I'm i not shocked, actually, the way they're using guys that Ridley had a down game. That might happen. Maybe we were a pinch too high in him, and maybe he's more like a, a good RB or a good wide receiver, too, not a certified wide receiver. One. If, if you're mad at me for expecting this to be a shootout, that's allowed. I thought this was going to be a shootout. I did, too. Defensive struggle. Wow. Really was. What's up with Patrick Mahomes basically not looking like the Patrick Mahomes that you drafted as the number one quarterback in the very could beginning that, of the second round? Could that have been the Heat, too? I think Damian mentioned that in FF now yesterday. The, the that, heat, that's something to keep just, an eye on. Yeah. They were in Jacksonville, right? They so, were in Jacksonville. Yeah, the Heat yeah. was crazy there yesterday. Yeah. The amazing part about Mahomes is that he's had back-to-back uninspiring games, and yeah. he's still got 20-plus fantasy points in both of them. The secret sauce of Patrick Mahomes this season right now is his legs. He's been running a ton. That Chiefs offensive line, which spent big money this offseason to acquire Juwan Taylor, and then some money on Donovan Smith. They can't pass protect right Taylor now. Taylor get benched? Did, or did I, did I? Briefly, yes. They took him off for a little bit of time. Uh, all those false start penalties that he was not called for in week one piled up in week Finally two. Came in week he two. had two holdings in like a mm-hmm. span of three plays. They can't pass protect. I'll tell you what, though, that's one of them guys that you I struggle with in the offseason because the NFL's perception of him based on the amount he's being paid is way different than all metrics like pass pass block win rate, run block win rate, PFF grades. Atrocious. Yeah. Is that right? His career. Atrocious. So I I, couple of like what one sometimes (laughs) players like that pop up and you're like, what plays every snap? Yeah. Uh, every snap mm-hmm. for a guy until yesterday, but until yesterday. a guy that came into the NFL with knee concerns plays every snap. And the other thing is that like, if you were to just like the traits are pretty unique, he's got like such quick feet. He's, he's firing off the ball fast, apparently too yeah. fast sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, but there are some really interesting traits for Jawan Taylor that if you're the chiefs, you're probably saying to yourself in our system, it'll work more so than it did in the Jacksonville system. Right. But Mike, you're right. It does seem like, um, I feel like in basketball or baseball, this comes up a lot where it's like the difference between like the analytics approach versus mm-hmm. like the eye test approach doesn't rear itself quite as frequently in football, but this might be a good example of it. Yeah, it is. There's your offensive line talk. I'm fantasy focus for the day. We should have brought Woody in for that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's talk about Geno Smith and the Seahawks. Guys, the Seahawks team looked fix really game, good Mike? on offense last night. You, you can you can walk away. A fix me game. Yeah. This yeah. hurt me, but I want to say this. In watching this game, Geno Smith was being pressured the entire game, but they did a really good job of finding ways to get the ball out early, and Geno was able to step up break containment, use his legs, keep drives alive. He looks really good here this week, Mike, against the Lions defense that was giving him a lot of pressure. Yeah, and sometimes guys have duds, and that happens in week one, and we overreact to it. It looks like Geno's back. It looked just like last season. He also had 20 rushing yards, to your point. Yep, 320 passing, two touchdowns, got Tyler Lockett back on track, and uh, DK Metcalf came back, but again, he was out for a while, much like Zay Jones. He got hurt, missed he got some hurt time. Early, yeah. yeah, so uh, a nice bounce back game here from Geno Smith. Uh, again, Mike, more the analytic guy than I am, but the Seahawks improved to 1 0 this season when Jake Bobo catches a pass. Mm, That's right. Good point. So, That's I mean, it. I was and thinking of you when that happened. He was established me. as the fourth receiver in this right. game, as you pointed out, he would be. Got some extra run with DK yep. out of the game. So, but again, yeah. have they ever yeah. lost a game in which he has caught a pass? No, I mean, I can't argue with that. Thank 100% you. Thank win rate. You. 100%. I still want that jersey. Some, someone, so my cousin sent me a, a link to a, a place where you could get a customized Jake Bobo throwback jersey. And it looks so shady that I was like, I guarantee that if I put my credit card down in this website, like I'm going to get maybe a Jake Bobo jersey, but I'm definitely going to have like $25,000 charged <laughs> yes, to Taco Bell next week. Yeah. Somehow. It's only $29. Too. I don't what even know if I have $25,000 available on my credit card. My credit card? Yeah. 
That's tough. That's tough. Uh, these Lions game was tough, though. I think the weather, it was really hot there, and the weather probably affected him, which is why they lost. That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, that use that. That's our the excuse. Dome. The AC was busted <laughs> last week. Yeah. That's it. The rest of the season, if we're high on someone and they disappoint, it's, it was too hot. It was weather. too hot. It could be that's like December hot. 30th. Right? It's yeah, Green too Bay, hot. it's, it's like, you know, negative 27. It's like AJ Dillon had only 17 rushing yards. Yeah. He was on the sideline. Those those heaters were on his back. It just messed him up. Speaking of heaters, Brian Robinson is on a heater himself. Here in week two looked unreal field jates. I would let Mike take this one because he was all over. You're right, Mike. Let's have let's let you do this. Yeah, just based on usage in week one, it carried over to week two for the most part. The snap share between he and Gibson was actually a lot closer, 36 to 30, but uh had a great rushing line, still at 18 carries, 87 yards, two touchdowns. Also, three more targets. He equaled Gibson in targets again. Yeah, baby. They are splitting passing or passing down work, and uh, Robinson is getting almost all the carries and the goal line work. He's the number three scoring fantasy running back this season. Uh, he is. He was number one in week two, or so far he's number one in week two. Just Gibson hasn't produced. Robinson has been the guy. So, uh, yeah, he's a, he's a must-start right now. Yeah, it's crazy to me, and, and this can just be a me thing. Uh, like, do you remember when we were told many years ago that Antonio Gibson was the second coming of Christian McCaffrey? Yep, I, oh, remember, I remember that, that Daniel. And I remember being mad about it. And then I decided to change my mind. I got stuck in groupthink. And then I, and then Eric Bieniemy came here, and I was like, you know what? Maybe they're going to use Antonio Gibson in a way that they never Maybe did. Maybe he before. can be Dylan McCaffrey, one of the other McCaffrey brothers. Well, they are kind of using him like Jarek McKinnon. That's what we thought might happen. Just and like they are low kinda, usage, Jarek McKinnon. Yeah, it's like yeah. he's not getting a lot of touches, but they are, he almost had a touchdown. He had yeah, a he vertical did. target and almost scored a touchdown in this game. And that's kind of how McKinnon is used. So that's so what they're deploying. By the way, how many horses, uh, Rosie horses. said this, how many horses does it take to catch a football? Apparently, at the end of the game, it took three of them. On that tip wow. drill, by the way, oh. for the record. I did not know what you were asking when Me you either. said that at first. Now <laughs> I know. know where it was uh, that would have been wild if they had had that two-point conversion. Not that it matters. Uh, it was but definitely it was, pass I mean, interference. 100%. I don't know what DPI is yeah. anymore because it just never gets But started. that was definitely DPI. That was definitely mm-hmm. DPI. Yeah, no question. All right. Field Jates, Mike Clay, Daniel Dopp here on Fantasy Focus, making our way through the week two recap. It's time Guys, for some therapy. Uh, it's Uh-oh. so weird. I've been watching Albert Hainsworth throw passes to Jamar Chase for what seems like two weeks now, <laughs> and I don't understand it. What's going on with Joe Burrow? That was a guy made too much money joke in case yes. you didn't catch up uh, on that. Joe Burrow, who, by the way, said he's getting treatment for his calf after the game, so we should incorporate that, but Mike talked yesterday about how he has had bad week ones in the past. Mm-hmm. Yep. He also has had less than inspiring week twos. It was a little better yesterday, but like... Put aside the Ravens defense for a second because they were without Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Williams. Like this is not the personnel that you're expecting to dominate Joe Burrow. And by the way, he's got the best or second best receiving trio in the NFL with a capable running back. 15.38 fantasy points for Joe Burrow. I don't have a good excuse other than he does not look right. Maybe that calf is lingering much more than we realized, Mike, but I think it's a reasonable panic point right now. I mean, you're going to have to keep starting him if he starts most Mm -hmm. likely, but gosh, he's got to be one of the most underwhelming players in fantasy so far. Yeah. Check this out. One quarterback, one quarterback has made two starts this season and is under 20 total fantasy points. Wow. It is Joe Burrow. Is that right? Yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Who would have thought that would be the case? I wonder Uh, who's second fewest fantasy points beyond 
Yeah. I don't know. Probably not Josh Dobbs, Dobbs anymore. Uh, he, he was well, good. No, I mean, he had a good first had, half yesterday. He ran for a touchdown. He had 25 he had, fantasy points yesterday. He was great. Nine, yeah. eight in the first one. So we had 26 total yeah, between the two weeks then. I don't know who's next up that started two games. But yeah, it's uh, it's been unreal. Check this out. Last year in the regular season, Joe Burrow had 75 carries, 257 yards, and five touchdowns. That was a big part of his vault up into the elite in yeah, fantasy. Yeah. So far in two games, two carries, four yards. This was my concern in the yeah. offseason with this injury was... Uh, that he was not going to run much like Justin Herbert didn't run last year when he was not 100%. And so far, that has been the case through two weeks. So on top of the passing production, the touchdowns not being there, they didn't score a touchdown until, what, the third quarter in that game? Uh, they uh, had for a the special season. teams touchdown. Yes. Yeah, yeah, they didn't score an offensive touchdown. Yeah. Their first touchdown of the off, uh, offensive touchdown of the season, I believe, was in the, the third quarter. So uh, it was it was rough, and he's not rushing on top of it. Let's talk mild saving concern. grace, though. Mild, mild concern. Yeah. Yeah, Let's but, talk about saving grace. Next few weeks, opportunity here to throw the football mm-hmm. effectively, right? See, I got the Rams next Monday night. Sure do. At the Titans, you can throw on them. You can't yes, run you can. on them. Yes. Yep. Cardinals, you can throw on them as well. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the Seahawks, which I would say you could throw on them as well, actually. And then the, the 49ers and the Bills were a lot more. Yeah, by the way, that. he still had a couple touchdowns. T. Higgins had a huge game. I know Jamar Chase has been under 40 yards both games, but he's playing pretty much every snap and has 16 targets. So... Mild concern on Burrow's upside. I still think he'll be a, at least a solid quarterback. One, Chase and Higgins we're fine with. Uh, I don't think there's any reason for major panic here. And and at this point, what are you going to do? You're going to trade Burrow for... Here's my question. Kirk Cousins. What are you doing? You ready? Here's, here's, here's Anthony Richardson. Here. There we go. That's uh, it. If you drafted both of those players, yep. who are you starting? I'm starting Anthony Richardson. Week three, assuming he's available. That's a close call. A week a close three, call. if you have both of those guys. Yeah. Uh, I think I would give Burrow one more week. But I don't feel good What's about that? Did, you that? Did you hear it in his voice? Yeah. He What's was the not dead cat if, you, if, you, if you cut Joe Burrow right now, uh, pretty astronomical. That's tough, huh? man. Yeah, it is tough. Here's what's hard. I had uh, I have a trade request right now in for Cowboys defense for Jamar Chase, and I'm almost thinking about taking it wow. because of how bad Jamar Chase has been <laughs> and the Cowboys it? have been real. Doing? Remember that one year when the Patriots defense was good for like nine straight weeks? They were like legitimately uh, being traded, traded for people, like yeah. Mike Evans. That's a joke. Like, Please don't actual- trade Cowboys defense with no, Jamar do Chase. Don't do that. But Jamar Chase has absolutely been disappointing and I do want to say two weeks in, we said this a little bit last week. Fantasy is an emotional game. People do things that they shouldn't do. Go out and throw a trade request for Jamar Chase Absolutely. if you want to because yeah. people will make some decisions they probably shouldn't make. All right. But not, yeah. we're not panicking on Jamar. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I think both of these players by like week eight will They'll look much right. more like themselves. Mm-hmm. We're not super panicked on them, but I think uh, it's worth noting they have been extremely disappointing out of the gates and I often refrain to people, it's a lot more difficult to overcome a slow start in fantasy than a slow finish going into the playoffs. Because if you're like seven and three and you limp your way into the playoffs, like you just got to get in and get hot at the right time. Yep. If you're 0 and three and all of a sudden you're like, crap, my time, my team stinks and I'm, you know, dead last. Like it's just hard to overcome because the, uh, the cards you have to play at that point are much, much fewer. So yep. who, who is it? Chase or Nakua this week? Are you ranking higher? Oh, that's going to be it. Yeah. You laugh, but. Like, I don't, it would shock nobody if Pukunukua scores more fantasy points than Jamar yeah, Chase. Yeah, weeks one and two. Yeah. All right, let's talk about Josh Jacobs. He was really disappointing here this week. Mike, nine carries, minus two rushing That's yards. That's correct. You did yeah. not say that. Not two yards, negative minus two, yards. two rushing <laughs> yards. Now he did get some passing game work, which is what we like. But Josh Jacobs has sort of tough saved him. Yeah. For, yeah, that's basically the only thing that saved him. Let me ask you guys a question: yeah. How many uh, feet are in a yard? Three, three point. Okay. Three, three. feet. Yeah. Just three. Okay. Um, oh yeah. So you're right. Josh know. Jacobs is listed on, uh, on ESPN.com, I believe as a six foot one, six foot two. I'm sorry. Five ten. Okay. So whatever. He's five ten. Okay. 
if Josh Jacobs were to just run to the line of scrimmage and then just fall flat on his face and not even reach the ball out, yes, he would average more yards per carry than he's currently averaging right now. Correct. 1.6 yards per carry. Now, mm-hmm. some of that's obviously the offensive line, but goodness gracious for a guy who led the NFL in rushing yards last year, Mike, what the heck has happened? Yeah, it's been rough so far. By the way, to your point, it have over 10 fantasy points just from receiving five for 51. So that's going to so help up with a 9.9 because he went minus two as a runner. That's right. <laughs> so minus under 10 fantasy points for the day. <laughs> yeah. So at least that happened. That gives you some sort of hope going forward. We know he's going to be a feature back and, and be on the field often in passing situations as well. Uh, you know, again, the, the rushing has been atrocious. I will say this though. The Raiders only ran 39 team snaps. He played uh, 29, that's 74%. So at least he's still playing a feature back role. That 39 team snaps, by the way, tied for fewest in a game over the last five seasons. So that is not sustainable. They're going to run a lot more plays. That was uh, a ridiculous game. I mean, 39 snaps, 39 offensive snaps is pretty much unheard of. Yeah. Yeah. So So the Jets uh, played 47 yesterday. That was a ton. That is low. Yeah, that is that is low as well. But 39 is almost unheard of. So again, they'll. There might be a week where they double that number. Right. Uh, better days ahead for Josh Jacobs, but a slow start to the no season. No rush over seven yards so far this year. Gross. Disgusting. And this gross. is, you know, we talked about uh, the red flag when a guy is 300 plus carries. He led the NFL in touches last year. Oftentimes, you miss time, the efficiency drops. You talked about it. And you got a lot of heat for that take this offseason. You talked about it. You have been sure. richly rewarded so far. No, I'm we, allowed we to. I mean, we, we talked about it. I, no, no. You're, you're too nice to me. Well, I, I need to. It, you led that charge. I, can you we did. talk about something I got wrong here? Let's sure. Yeah, Javante Williams is next. I was too Let's high on him this week. No, not that. quite next. We got I one need more to humble myself right now. Really quickly on Brees Hall. Brees Hall struggled here in week two. This entire Jets team struggled in week two. Yeah. You saw Brees Hall look fantastic in week one in limited action. Dalvin Cook looked awful here as well. Did. He had minus two fantasy points. Brees Hall was the productive he, he one with a point nine. Yeah. yeah, that was tough. They both uh, looked terrible. This was just like a game against the Cowboys defense. It feels like we're throwing it out. I'm just hoping for better days ahead. We, we, we might well. legitimately have a great defense in that Cowboys defense. Like that might be a legitimately like transcendent yeah. defense. Um, but this just offense, like I get it. Aaron Rodgers got hurt. He's a four-time MVP. Mm-hmm. That's tough. It, that offense with Zach Wilson doesn't look anything like... Look, what inspires confidence whatsoever with what they did? No. they. I mean, Garrett Wilson had that long touchdown. Otherwise, complete disaster. Wilson in this game had eight targets. He had two catches. Yeah. I'm like, we're right back where we were last year. He should have had we're right two back touchdowns. where we were last year. Oh, he and was again, right there. the schedule does not let up for the next two weeks. They mm-hmm. play the Patriots, who they're 0-2, but it ain't because of their defense. And then they play the Chiefs, who they've been... Better on defense and offense so far this year. Again, same thing from the offseason. We talked about the NFC South across the board having maybe the four easiest schedules in the yeah. NFL. It's the AFC East that has the hardest schedule in the NFL this season. So it's, again, it's going to be rough here for the and Jets. And the snap count did not increase enough. No. And the workload did not change enough that you're saying to yourself, hey, it wasn't productive, but at least he was the guy. No, it's still a backfield split. I'm very nervous here for uh, the next couple of weeks. And not even a split. Michael Carter was right there with them right, in terms yeah. of well, that might have been game flow, right? Like, you know, down. He so was big. mixed in throughout, though. I mean, even if yeah. you check during the game, he was involved. Uh, I think it was like right down the he middle. All three through. of them were equal in snaps in like during the second quarter. There so. are a lot of things I said last week. I said the Jets plan will be to go with Zach Wilson. But let's talk about it in a month. Oof. They should be talking about it right now. Yeah, right? Well, I mean, again, there are only so many cards you can play. They're tight against the cap. They can't trade their first or second round pick next year because of the Aaron Rodgers deal. Mm-hmm. What do you do? I don't know. But man, this Jets season could go by the wayside in a hurry. They got to win on Sunday against the Patriots at home. Gardner Minshew looked pretty good yesterday. Yeah, but they can't available. trade him right now. The quarterback is getting hurt in I'm saying in a couple weeks. Yeah. I'm saying in a couple weeks, yeah. 
All right, Field Jades, Mike Clay, and Daniel Dopp here on Fantasy Focus, breaking down everything that happened here in week two from the Sunday slate. Mike, you talked about Javante Williams taking on the Commanders. Yeah. Did not look fantastic here this week. What's your takeaway from this game? Yeah, largest concern is he was out-snapped in this one. Samaj P. Ryan played 31 snaps. Williams was at 28. Williams still dominated carries 12 to 1, but the pass routes is where we want Williams to shine. Uh, It was 23 for P. Ryan, 12 for Williams. Mm. Uh, They were dominating this game, and then Washington came back, and then P. Ryan was mixed in more often, ended up with one more target as well. Uh, The good news is Williams had 14 touches after 17 in week one. That's a solid number. The fantasy production and touchdowns have not been there yet. And he's not, he has not been fully unleashed yet. You still have P. Ryan and uh, yep. J- Jaleel McLaughlin, who you mentioned on Sunday, had a touchdown. He only played like three snaps, but of course, him last week, of course, of course he, he comes in and scores a touchdown. So uh, I'm still optimistic about Williams going forward. A little bit of a setback here, though. Here's what I would say. You and I went back and forth on Williams last week a little bit. And my bigger takeaway was not so much that Javante Williams, his work share was so terrible, like the snap percentage, total opportunities. I just don't think he's physically right yet, which, duh, you're coming off of a major knee injury. Like, the explosive plays seem hard to come by right now for that entire offense, unless your name is Marvin Mims. Um, But, like, I just don't see that same explosion right now from Javante Williams that I think allows him to reach that top 15 or so potential. It's going to be a while. It might be the entire season because that knee injury was so significant last year. Yeah, Yeah, by the way, Marvin Mims, huge game. uh, Did you see like, 15% of the snaps? Like, was Was it, like, six snaps? It ended up, I think, a little bit more than that by the end of the game. But I mean, they just they were like, hey, you had a huge play. Let's just go sit on the sideline for a few drives. Like, that was it's so frustrating. That'll change soon. Yeah. Uh, it has to. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about Damian Pierce Field taking on uh, the Colts this week. And here's the hard stuff. Single digit fantasy outings each of the first two weeks. These yeah. Texans have been throwing the ball yeah. a ton. CJ Stroud has been slinging it out there rather than letting Damian Pierce be able to, to pound the rock. Yeah, so I think there are times in which you can say like a bad offense is going to be hard for a running back to like actually thrive, but we've seen bad offenses lead to reasonable output or very good output from running backs, but you can't have a terrible offensive line and expect that player to thrive. Yep. The Texans yesterday were without Larry Tunsil, Titus Howard, two of the highest paid tackles in the entire NFL. Juice Scruggs, their starting center. Kenyon Green, a starting guard. I mean, they are like left mm-hmm. and right. Like Shaq Mason's like the only body left standing right now along that offensive line. I just think it's going to be really hard to expect any sort of efficiency, Mike. And because they actually have enough functional pieces in the passing game, I don't expect a significant role for Damian Pierce in that regard. Yeah, and the larger concern might be playing time. Last year, he played over 50% of the snaps in every game except for week one. Remember the Rex Burkhead week one game? Uh, In weeks one and two, under 50% of the snaps in both games. So he is dominating the touches at least relative to the other running backs, but it's not enough volume in the overall and the efficiency has been atrocious. So he'll be uh, a lot further down the rankings this week, probably more of a flex option. It's definitely concerning. Guys, Kyle Pitts through two weeks. It's tight end 29 with five fantasy points. What the heck am I supposed to do if I have Kyle Pitts in my roster so in the tight end position? Yeah, it might not be happening. Like, are we at the spot where we're starting to have the conversation? Do I need to maybe look at the waiver wire rather than starting Kyle Pitts? And, and I want to be, <laughs> I want to believe that Pitts is an option based on what I saw from Drake London. Like we saw his, his other guy get in the end zone this week. Yes. But my answer is yes. Yeah. I think uh, he's a fine guy to keep on your bench, but it's hard to start him right now. He's not only, not only is it that his target share is way down. It's down to 17% uh, compared to much higher last year. 
He's fourth in line on the team. Drake yeah. London's ahead. B. John Robinson is ahead. And Matt Collins, Matt Collins, who scored a touchdown yep. yesterday, is ahead as well. Look, if you're going to take these guys in the top 10 and not manufacture a ton of touches, I don't know what you're doing, but they're not doing it. And we just have to accept that they're running an efficient offense without these guys. It and is what it is. They're, they're 2-0. and They have an easy schedule, as we talked about. Yeah. This might not change, uh, unfortunately. Might not change I, at all. I, it's yeah. super frustrating. I wonder if a change of scenery could be in store for Kyle Pitts at some point, though, in the future. Not this year, obviously, mm-hmm. but like... Is it an off-season discussion? Because if you're the fourth overall pick in the draft with elite athletic traits, don't you think you'd want a more prominent role? Absolutely. And this is, we talked about this, I think, last week. This is why, especially if you're falling out of it in a dynasty league, trade for Kyle Pitts. He's only 22. He might not break out till 25, but I still want him because at some point he's going to get that opportunity. And I think he's going to deliver. I, I still believe in the talent here. Yeah, but in redraft, it's really tough right it now. Is for me very like tough right now. Yeah. And we often say, like, <laughs> who are you going to find at tight end? There actually are a few names right now, like Jake Ferguson's playing yes. a ton of snaps. Sam Laporta. Luke Musgrave, Sam Laporta. Sam Laporta, all rookie tight ends, incidentally. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Hunter Henry, I actually think he was still available in a bunch of uh, leagues. I think feel like he was on our best yeah, available he's a tight end. Target share is not there yet for Henry, but he just keeps scoring touchdowns. Okay, I, so. well, I'd rather have that than <laughs> yeah, freaking I, Kyle Pitts. I is agree. All I'm saying, I, right? I agree. Like, yeah. Henry available in 65 percent of leagues. Yeah, right give now. me him over Kyle. But I'm just saying. I'm just throwing out names here, I, and like look, I take I all it. those guys over Kyle Pitts. I hear you. All right, let's talk about a few more injuries here. We talked a about lot. this, this field. Sucks, we got a bunch yeah. that we got to get into. Joe Burrow with the calf. We mentioned him a little bit earlier on in the show. We're, we talked just, about let's him. Just monitor this one here. Yep. Like mm-hmm. uh, the fact that he was getting treatment after the game and was like having it worked on on the sidelines, like not ideal. You know, obviously uh, this was this is the long game the Bengals are playing with Joe Burrow. They need him to be healthy for the next seven years that he is under contract. Uh, at the same time, all these teams acknowledge that like you never know how many shots at being elite you're going to have. So there's going to be this desire to have him on the field as soon as possible. But keep an eye on this one. Uh, In terms of depth charts, they have one of the thinnest backup quarterback depth Mm -hmm. charts in the entire NFL. So this could be a problem for them. But uh, as of right now, the earliest indications do not suggest it's going to cost him time. But I'm a bit nervous. It's Jake Browning's too right now, right? Yes. Yeah, that doesn't feel great doesn't feel great. Uh, well, then Does we that have help the, your Jamar Chase shares? No. No, it doesn't. Puka Nakul will be ranked above everybody. Everybody at that point. That's true. If it's Jake Browning instead of Joe Burrow. Saquon Barkley scored 27 fantasy points last night, but he did leave with an ankle injury, got rolled up on field. Could have led the show with this one, to be honest with you, because yep. a player that's been a star for multiple seasons in fantasy obviously was tremendous last year. Uh, he left the game late, as you just said, Daniel. The Giants had an incredible comeback. And oh shout gosh. out to you, Daniel Jones. Just a remarkable game in the what second half, especially. Yeah. Yep. Um, but with Saquon, they play Thursday night in San mm, Francisco. So I would say that you can basically count out Saquon Barkley for week three. The question becomes, how many weeks will he end up missing? Yeah. I just mentioned the Bengals have one of the thinnest, thinnest depth charts in all of fantasy behind their quarterback. Well, all the real world. How about the Giants' backup running backs, Mike? Yeah, so uh, he played, Barkley played 65 of 67 snaps in this game. So that shows you how they feel about the rest of their depth chart here. <laughs> Matt Burita stepped in at the end there, played two snaps. He have Gary Brightwell, who can, he's a bigger back. He plays some fullback. He could be mixing. Yeah, Eric yeah. Gray is a rookie who could yeah. get some run. Gray's probably the most interesting stash in case uh, Barkley's out on IR or out for a month or something, which is possible. We'll see how, how it plays out. Uh, but they might, I mean, Daniel they, Jones. 
My, yeah, he's my favorite. Yeah, I, but I was going to say, could they bring yeah. in like Kareem Hunt for a workout or something if he goes on IR? Because it really is that thin. Yeah. I want to ask you this question. I drafted Kareem Hunt in a bunch of teams, and I've basically at this point throughout the first two weeks dropped him everywhere. Fine. Mm-hmm. Do we think that there's a chance where like how until we start seeing something, I've been wanting to make Kareem Hunt happen, and I'm like, guys, I got to stop. No, I, mean, I got to stop. What's the harm in point. dropping him right now? If you need the roster spot, there's nothing wrong with it. First of all, he hasn't been signed. Second of all, he has to get signed to a good spot. Third of all, Puka if he's still and signed, right now, were better than him. That was yeah. a good option. If, if there are still the like, if he's still not signed, it does tell you that the league doesn't view him as this surefire starter anymore. And if you watched him last season. Browns fans will tell you he was a decidedly different player in 2022 than he was in the prior seasons. Yep. Mm -hmm. All right, let's move ahead and talk about David Montgomery, who left yesterday's game with a thigh injury. Here's what I want to say about this. It was obvious to me. The Lions want David Montgomery to be their lead back. Mm -hmm. They're not ready to give Jameer Gibbs 20 touches, Mm -hmm. right? No. And so if David Montgomery is likely, it sounds like he may miss some time here. Yeah, Yeah, he said a couple of weeks weeks. to reporters and you know, he's not a doctor, but he certainly has a good feel for his own body. It sounds like he's unlikely for week three as well. So we've been wanting to make Jameer Gibbs a thing. We haven't seen the volume yet. Mike, is this an opportunity where like the Lions aren't going to have, it's going to be Craig Reynolds mm-hmm. and it's going to be Jameer Gibbs. From, which one of those, puts down. Puts down, which one of those two guys are you giving the ball to more often than not? You're, Jameer Gibbs. I think it's going to happen now I, to an extent. Is he going to get 22 carries in week three? No. I don't think so. Is he going to maybe get 12 to 14 carries? And he had nine targets, which led the team yes, this week. That was good. So 12 part of that was because Amon Ross St. Brown got hurt and left for a while. They needed somebody. Yeah, he was, so, yeah, he was in and out. That, that's fair. But still, he could have five targets and 12 to 14 carries. Easy. And that's RB2 at worst, probably. Mm. Probably at his skill level, RB1 behind this great offensive line. They play Atlanta. Not too scared of that. Uh, yeah, I, Gibbs, I mean, I know last week we were like, is Gibbs a lineup lock? And the answer was probably no, not yet, but close. You know, you could plug him in there. Now the answer is obviously yes. Okay, it's not going to be. I don't think Craig Reynolds is getting 20 carries and just so stepping either. right in for David Montgomery. He played 10 snaps in this game. Gibbs ended up playing 31. So, yeah, I feel good about it. It is possible, though, that Craig Reynolds plays the Tyler Algier role here in Detroit in the Agreed. sense that mm-hmm. even if Jameer Gibbs makes a big step forward in terms of usage over the next couple of weeks, fans are going to be clamped while David Montgomery is potentially out. Yep. We're going to be saying to ourselves, like, why not Jameer Gibbs on every play in the same way that when the Falcons had first and goal from the one yesterday and ran four plays, they had Bijan Robinson on the field for one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like we're a lot of people are upset with Bijan's production. He's he played over 80 percent of the snaps yesterday and was the number uh, one scoring running back after yeah. the one o'clock games. And everyone's like, we need more. We need yes, more. Bichon. We that's correct. That's but that's the thing, Mike, is that like you're sitting there saying to yourself, doesn't he seem like he's capable of handling even more? And couldn't he be like potentially the runaway RB one with even more mm-hmm. utilization? Maybe not RE1 because Christian McCaffrey rules and certainly Austin Eckler is great when he's on the field as well. Um, and B. John Robinson just so passes the eye test every yeah. time he has the football. Yeah. It's like absurd how good he is. Yeah, yeah. man. It is. But I okay. uh, I don't know if it's just experience with the injuries at running backs playing fantasy for so long. I'm like, I'm okay. Take some plays off. Like, okay. I, like I would rather have you for 17 games, not yeah, get injured season. because you're playing every single snap. Uh, I'm, I'm okay. And uh, same kind of thing with Gibbs. Like, I have him on a few teams. I'm okay. I'm okay if he has 13 to 15 carries and not 22 carries. I'm totally, totally with fine you. with that if he gets the passing down work as well. If you don't, or if you are rostering David Montgomery, I would expect that you should start making some plans for another running back in mm-hmm. your starting lineup. Though, even though he has not been ruled out yet, you just want to make sure that you are on top of that. All right, let's talk about Devontae Adams as well. Left this game with a concussion. Uh, we don't know. Uh, this oh, one stinks, though. So I thought it was a concussion. The Raiders are down big late, 38 to 10. 
Devontae Adams is on the field in the fourth quarter. Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo throws him a pass on like a like a post, one of those what we call hospital balls, right? Where it's mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. you're basically setting up the receiver just get crunched, and he gets crunched. Flag thrown in the play on Taylor Rupp, unnecessary roughness. Devontae uh, clearly in pain. They bring him to the sideline. They do put the blue pop up tent up, which at that point I think is kind of becoming like a. That's kind of becoming like a, a no doubter when a player gets shaken up, like just immediately put the tent up and sort of evaluated him for a concussion, given the NFL sensitivity after the game, they said that he would be evaluated for a concussion. So we don't Got know it. for sure. Okay. Um, it's a shame when any player gets a concussion. It's a shame when a player gets hurt in general. Uh, it would really be a bummer though. If a player was on the field down four touchdowns late in the fourth quarter, catching a pass or trying to catch a pass, it's so unnecessary. Yeah. Yeah. What are you doing? Yep. What are you doing? I get it. You have to play, but like get somebody else some reps there, man. Well, you got depth. He's your best player. We did not have Jacoby Myers for this game because he did have a concussion in week one. Hopefully if there is anything that lingers with Devonte Adams and hopefully that doesn't happen, we would have him back for week three. That would be nice, but yeah, way too early to tell. And obviously Myers was excellent in week one. He'll yeah. be even more valuable ostensibly if uh, Devonte Adams is not available. So we're hoping that he Fingers was evaluated crossed. for concussion and did not have one. Mm-hmm. We obviously have no way of telling that right now, but a huge bummer. And if you were wondering whether anybody else would matter for the Raiders without Jacoby Myers on the field, Hunter Renfro had one target yesterday. Mm-hmm. One! We, we called that. Christian Wilkerson did outplay him. Yeah. He outsnapped him. He filled in, and that's what we talked about in FF one now yesterday. Snap. No surprise. million bucks a year for one snap. I was snap. just going to yeah. ask you this question, Field. How does that happen? How, no did, idea, how does a, a team pay someone that much money and then decide, you know what, two years from now, we're not even going to throw the football to you? I mean, they, they paid Darren Waller and then traded him mm, what, that's like less than a year later. Darren so, Waller um, looked good last week, though. So Yeah, yeah you know, it's tough. Like, I think... Um, they got in over their skis a little bit when they hired a new regime, thought they were ready to compete in the AFC West because they had just made the playoffs the year before. They spent over a quarter billion dollars. And think about some of those major investments. Darren Waller extension, gone. Hunter Renfro extension, barely plays. Not used. Chandler Jones, I mean, yeah. just a bizarre situation right now. I truly, I'm just hopeful for the best for everybody involved there because it's very, very strange. Devontae Adams has been exceptional. But at some point, you know, the Raiders are one and one. It's not like this season is anywhere close to over. But if this team is once again near the bottom of the AFC West, Devontae Adams is great. But is that the kind of trade that you want to make? Like the Dolphins trade for Tyree Kill makes sense. They've been, you know, they made the playoffs last year and by all accounts are going to be in the thick of it again this season. The Devontae Adams trade in, in, in sort of retrospect it's not a bad trade, but it might be sort of like a misallocation of resources for a team that should have been more focused on kind of building things organically and slower. Yeah. And by the way, this is a team that is serviceable offensively and not very good defensively. They're going to be throwing it a lot. And guys like Adams and Myers, at the very least, if, if people are staying healthy, you hope they're on the field next week. They're both going to be starters. We yeah. know, and Myers, after what we saw in week one, you start him and Adams. His targets are actually down. Average 10 and a half last year. He's a nine and eight through two games. A little lower than we expected. Hopefully that we get a little uptick. But regardless, you're starting both guys. I mean, the first drive was beautiful from the Raiders, though. They scored a touchdown. Was, yeah. Adams had a wonderful touchdown. It was mm-hmm. like, dang, firing out of the gates fast. All right. OBJ had an ankle injury in this one. John Harbaugh said after the game, he's not that worried about it. Yeah, sounds like nothing here, which is good. Which uh, he is left good. the game, but it was one of those where everybody on Twitter was like, oh, of course, OBJ gets hurt. So uh, just a reminder that while talented, um, 
you know, this is durability is going to be a question mark for OBJ. Yeah, they, yeah, he had a slow week one. They kind of featured him right away. He, yeah. The box score in the first quarter started to fill up, and then he disappeared. He ended up with 29 yards on four targets. But right out of the gate, first couple targets, you're like, all right, maybe here we go. Yep. Not so much. Zay Flowers, the clear start in Baltimore. I think he's, I would say safely, he's the only receiver that's a lineup block. Right. Well, borderline lineup block, we'll say for Flowers. But uh, OBJ, we're not starting right now, even if he's a go. Yep. All right. We had a couple of guys that filled in for some injured players. AJ Dillon being one of them. Mike filling in for Aaron Jones. I was hoping for a little bit more based on good how well bad. What do you Green want to be good or played. Yeah. You want the good, Mike? I want the good. Okay, take All the right, good. Give it to it. What was the good for AJ Dillon? Oh, the good was uh, he played 68% of the snaps and had 16 touches, and that's it. Yeah, that's it. Uh, super inefficient. 15 rushing mm-hmm. yards, 55 rushing yards, 55 rushing yards on 15 carries and one target, one catch, eight yards. So just 7.3 fantasy points. This is a player who's had a couple of opportunities to smash in place of Aaron Jones and candidly has not really smashed in many of those opportunities. Yeah, check this out. Was looking at his game log going back the last couple of seasons last night. Okay. Uh, he's touchdown or bust more so than maybe anyone else under 10 fantasy points in 16 consecutive touchdownless games. Wow. So wow. either he scores a touchdown and gets a double digit fantasy points or he doesn't score a touchdown and he's useless in fantasy. Uh, it's too bad. Uh, you know, it's a big year for him yeah. and he had an opportunity here and, and it wasn't great. So uh, hopefully better days ahead. Yeah. Joshua Kelly didn't really fare that much better in place. No, of he did not. Eckler this week either. <laughs> you know the good or bad? Uh, I'll take the good again. 78% of snaps, yeah. 13 okay. carries. That's uh, that's it. Yeah. Only I mean, one it, it turns out that uh, one player is super duper talented in Austin Eckler and one player is not quite as talented in Josh Kelly. Uh, How much of this too is, is this Josh Kelly or is this the Titans defense or is it a little bit of both? Maybe both. I mean, the, yeah. the Titans defense is definitely legit, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, we always talk about how fantasy is a byproduct of opportunity and talent. Mm-hmm. When the opportunity outweighs the talent, it can often provide some meh results. Uh-huh. And 3.9 fantasy points is quite meh for Josh Kelly. Yeah, and they did flip back to more of a pass-centric offense. No surprise against Tennessee. We expected that. But, uh, yeah, just disappointing. him. But, I mean, that's a story for the Chargers, right? They just can't. The biggest underachieving franchise of the last decade. It's so disappointing. Mostly it's due to injuries. But, this is a good team. They're on there's paper. No, like, They're so good. They should not be on two. People asked me coming into this season why I didn't have the Chargers in the playoffs. And I didn't have a reason other than until they proved to me that they can make the playoffs, I'm not going to pick them to make the playoffs, mm-hmm. yeah. which felt like kind of a crutch argument. But that's where we're at. They check every box on paper in terms of talent and yet 0-2 and... and it's going to be a tough road ahead in the AFC. Yeah, it is. Yeah. They did, and they got in last year, and then they had that ridiculous implosion yeah. against Jacksonville, too. Oh, and I they had know. a lot of guys out. So you look at that, you're like, all right, they were in last year. They had the, they're healthier now. They had these, you know, the, on paper, this should be a top 10, maybe a top five team. They just can't get, a, get the job done. I mean, should have beat the Titans. Should have been. Got to beat the Titans. Could have, should have, would have. All right, finishing up here on Fantasy Focus, Daniel Dot, Mike Clay, and Field Yates. Guys, we have two Monday night football games. Some things right. to keep an eye on. One, Amari Cooper, mm. likely going to be out for this game. Has he officially been ruled out yet, Field? He has not officially been ruled okay. out yet. That will not happen until about 6.45 tonight when the inactives for the second game are due because we have that doubleheader, 7.15 and 8.15 kick. That's right. I'm really excited about that. Also, George Pickens made it on the injury report, which I was but not no super No game status, out. though, there, so Correct. he should be good to go. Should be good to go. What do you guys need as far as a Monday night miracle in any of your matchups this week? You want to go first? Uh, nothing. I'm dominating all my matchups. Yeah, wow. right. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah no. right. Mike I could use As some. Uh, I could use some some Allen Robinson in the 16 team league. I could use a nice night from him okay. and you know, the Saints kicker Blake Group. What's his? What's his? He's, he's a new kicker is? for the Saints. Yes. 
Um, I yes. could use, yeah, use some of those. Um, <laughs> like something. Yeah, no, but I think the big storylines for this game tonight here on the Brown side, it's assuming Amari Cooper does not play. Does anybody step up in that Browns passing game? And does Deshaun Watson finally step up as a passer? He's been okay as a runner in his seven starts with the Browns. Yep. We need elite passing performances. And then for the Steelers, like, don't be the Giants through the first half of yesterday, right? The season started last week. Let's get things going tonight. Show up and look like the passing offense that scored five touchdowns on five drives during the preseason, even without Deontay Johnson. Yeah, so assuming Cooper is out, we expect a lot of Deontay people, uh, uh, people Jones, Jones, Donovan Peoples-Jones, and uh, all these names right now, and Elijah Moore, uh, of course, David Njoku, Nick Chubb. The guy I want to see, though, step up in a three job, make some plays. Cedric Tillman. Cedric Tillman, third-round rookie. Love that kid. I'm excited to see him. Tennessee rookies, yeah. Yeah, Jalen Hyatt looked great for the Giants yesterday when he played like 12 snaps. Yeah, Uh, yeah, yeah, same thing. Yeah, like Marvin Mims. You barely saw the field. Uh, The other game, the Panthers are, you know, like not a whole lot there as far mm-hmm. as fantasy is concerned. Like Miles Sanders should see significant volume. So I'm more concerned about the Saints tonight. And it, what right? I want to see is like, can the Chris Olave show continue? And we talked about how Jamal Williams is going to have value for three weeks until Alvin Kamara returned from suspension. This is a good spot for him tonight, I think. Mm-hmm. They should be able to play with a lead and should be able to run the ball against this Panthers defense. If he does not, like... I'm not sure he's usable next week in fantasy, even with one more week of Alvin Kamara not being. A yeah, I hope we get a look at Kendra Miller in this one. Maybe he gets an opportunity. Yeah, uh, yeah. So you did we do a board bet on Sanders and Jamal Williams? I think we, we did not. You said, I did uh, a I board know. bet with yeah. Field on Brian Robinson and Jamal Williams. So I feel like we had one too. Field, we have one on Kenny Pickett. I haven't gotten to yet. Uh, on all, Kenny Pickens. Uh, uh, George, George Pickens. Pickens. George oh my Pickens. gosh, I'm yes. so sorry. We had guys. Two board bets from this past week. I think it was. We did. Yeah. yeah. yeah we'll get to them a little bit tomorrow. But what okay, you need good. tonight is you need Jamal Williams to go off and find himself the end zone a handful of times because so I took just Brian Robinson. be the highest scoring running back in fantasy. Basically, this week. that's all Jamal Williams. <laughs> With that headshot, it's totally possible. It's yeah, totally it possible. And you and I had a George Pickens. I think it was wide receiver 34 or better, which means Pickens basically just needs to get in the end zone right. for me yeah. tonight. So the only thing I will say that I don't think has been said enough so far during this podcast is that like you know there are people that do things that are incredible in life like you know ultra marathoners who run like a thousand miles people who like you know cal ripkin played every single day for Mm -hmm. like 15 years whatever it was but like no one has acknowledged the fact that the three of us just made it through this 60 minute podcast in what might be the hottest studio in the history of ESPN. It is so hot in here. I, you're wearing you know, a sweatshirt, so yeah, you're not I don't care. It's cause. 60 degrees outside right now. It's cold <laughs> and wet. I thought that wearing a sweatshirt was smart. It is a sauna in this room right I now. I played through cramping today is what I yeah, want you guys to know. Say, That's like, I am going to go chug several electrolyte-filled drinks <laughs> yes. right after this show. Pedialyte. That's what it's all about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's Great right. for the kids, too. Hey, Pedialyte. really quickly, let's call this game. Which one are you taking? Uh, Saints-Panthers. Game? Uh, I got the Saints. I'll take the Saints. I'm going to take the Saints, too. I can't take the Panthers. All right, what about Browns and Steelers? I'm going to take the Browns. You know, I'm taking. I'm on the Browns bandwagon for years here. Browns. You know what? I will take the Steelers just to mix things up a little bit. You know what? You did that last week, Field, and it worked out where you're like, we can't all take the Bills. I guess I'll take the Jets. Mm -hmm. And then it worked out. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's better to be lucky than be good. All right, that's going to do it for us here. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. We'll be back tomorrow. Field and I talking with Stefania, recapping two Monday Night Football games, working our way through the waiver wire. We love you guys. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Don't forget to love each other. Be kind to yourself. You have earned it. And good luck here on Monday night. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Holy crap. Puka Nakua just got another pass. Again? Another one. Did you know that Al Zeidenfeld won $50,000 because of Puka Nakua? Yeah, he did. That's like a, it's a bad weekend for Al. For Al. I know. That's right. He's down. He's down this week. (laughs) 
past needs Graduate, full sail you Alliance fan through and through With the hippest beard, I'm telling you Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA.